Welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Jaspal Singh. Welcome to our next episode of uh, Lung Cancer Screening and Incidental Lung Nodule Program Management. Um, this is part two of our three-part series. Um, this is the Incidental Lung Nodule Program aspect, and we're titling this the tip of the iceberg for pulmonary practices. And uh, I say tip of the iceberg, this is a complex issue that just sort of we're starting to understand and unravel as we learn more and more about this. And so with me today are three fantastic guests. Uh, I'm going to have them, they're joining us again. Uh, I'm going to have them introduce themselves, start, start with uh, Lisa Lackey. Hey, thanks for having me. My name is Lisa Lackey. I am a manager over the Incidental Lung Nodule and Lung Screening Program at Atrium Health in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then Dr. Justine Banu. Hello, thanks for having me again. Um, I am an interventional pulmonologist at the Ohio State University Medical Center, and I have led the lung nodule pro program development at my center, and I'm passionate about uh, early detection of lung cancer. And Dr. Coral, I'm going to mess it up again, Giovacchini. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Coral Jovakini. I'm one of the interventional pulmonologists at Duke Health um, and our clinical director. Um, I also co-direct our lung cancer screening program and our uh, incidental nodule and thoracic growth. It's uh, across several sites in our health system. Well, thank you all for joining us today. I mean, I think this is a very important part. So basically, we're talking about incidental lung nodules. So I'm thinking about like, you know, patients that I see a lot, like, you know, for example, I'm a pulmonologist as well. And, you know, you have patients that get a, that, that, that get a CT scan for pulmonary embolism evaluation. You get a patient with who gets a core nowadays coronary CTs are very commonly done. And so as we do more imaging of the chest and more advanced imaging of the chest, and it's become ubiquitous, we're finding things. Right. And some of these are nodules and some of them could be potentially malignant, which is a big concern. And so, um, Lisa, this is obviously something we've talked about for decades um, across the country in multiple sp spaces. But it's really taken a taken a taken. A, you've taken it uh, to a whole new level. All three of you have in terms of trying to understand the space and what tell us in a brief, real briefly to our audience. What does it mean to have a lung nodule program? Sure. Um, so here um, in our healthcare system, we um, we knew that diagnosing lung cancer through screening was certainly an option, um, but we also knew that there were incidentally detected um, pulmonary nodules out there. They, these patients exist in our hospitals today, but how can we identify those patients? Um, identifying those patients is key, and we have found that software has been an important component to identifying those patients. Um, software uses natural language processing, also referred to as NLP, or artificial intelligence, often re referred to as AI. Um, that is reading radiology reports or scanning uh, the EMR, and they're looking for um, language that says pulmonary nodule, um, pulmonary um, lesion, ground glass lesion. Um, that's identifying potential patients that have um, incidental lung nodules. Whenever we find those incidental nodules early, right, we're looking for catching lung cancer early. That's the goal. Um, whenever we find those early, we can start um, managing them. We can start making sure that make patients are getting scans or they're getting the follow-up care, they're getting the biopsy. Um, we want to change the trend of lung cancer. We know that late stage is typically how we're diagnosing lung cancer, or at least a great percentage of it is. But we want to change that trend to early stage diagnosis. And so having software has been key, but a team approach is also important. I have a team um, where we register a patient. If they have a true incidental finding, uh, in incidental pulmonary nodule, we are going to track that patient. 
We're also going to notify um, a PCP or an ordering provider, hey, your patient has an incidental finding. Um, and then we hand it off to a navigator, depending on the size of the nodule. Um, and once the navigator has mm -hmm. contacted the PCP or the patient, then we're going to make sure we get the patient scheduled or make sure that the next piece of uh, their, their journey with respect to that nodule is taken care of. So we have some care coordination that happens with respect to scheduling a patient or scheduling a scan. Um, it's important that we have pulmonary access. So when I talked about that team approach, you know, we have the data registry, we have the care coordination and the navigation, but we also need access. So do we have enough pulmonary specialists? Do we need to add possibly a pulmonary advanced provider to see these lung nodule patients and make sure that they get um, they get seen in a timely manner? And then we can hand off to our interventional pulmonary um, physicians. Wow, that sounds like a complex thing, but it sounds like I'm going to skip, I'm going to dummy it down because I'm a simple guy. Um, basically, you basically have this software, this natural language processing, or you call it NLP. Um, this this thing basically finds a nodule, sees it a nodule that was detected, and it puts it into some algorithm and program or some secret sausage factory, which spits out a report that the patient might see and be freaked out about and see that, oh my God, I might have lung cancer. And they have to suddenly get to on the uh, get coordinated by in the back end to see someone to talk to him about this abnormality that was found. The point is well intentioned to not ignore things that were that we were for years probably ignoring and probably missing, right? And we know that that has untoward, significant untoward consequences for some for some patients, right? The trick is to find the right patients, and so uh, we're trying to figure out sort of putting a lot of help, a lot of work into the finding these patients, but there's a back end human end to all, some of this aspect. And so, uh, Coral, could you talk to us a little bit about sort of like how this works on your end um, from a receiving perspective. If you're a patient, if you're kind of a provider, a senior patient being managed by this network, um, what is that like? Yeah, I think um, in development of a nodule program, you probably need to make this as easy as possible for both the patient and the referring provider. Um, and certainly I would echo a lot of what Lisa mentioned there in having a navigator, a person who can actually help the patient, um, one, interpret some of that language that they're seeing um, as they get to different places and also understand um, that you might be also scheduled with a provider. For example, my clinic is in a cancer center. It doesn't necessarily mean that we think you have cancer, but you're seeing the interventional pulmonary program in the cancer center. And so I think that it's important to have a, uh, an actual person there um, to help navigate rather than just a, I don't, a, some electronic communication or a letter in the mail that says you have a lung nodule, come see us. Um, which, um, it, you know, is a, a little bit of a bulky lift in starting these nodule programs to have a, a navigator and some coordination there. But I think it's really important for the, um, both the referring providers and the patient. Um, on the receiving end, as the physician starting up this, we learned very quickly that if you dump all these patients into the pulmonary referral queue, um, they're probably not going to get the speed of attention that um, is needed. And so we actually have a rapid uptake clinic that's dedicated just to nodules um, with a provider on that day who is just seeing nodules. So their mind is in one direction, one focus, those patients are going to that nodule clinic. And that um, makes things a little bit more streamlined, I think, for everybody. Um, 
those, you know, there are incidental findings that requires um, somebody to um, be on alert for all of those things that is what the navigator can help with. Certainly as a provider, there's a little bit of an extra check behind as I'm going to see a lung nodule patient, right, that I need to read through everything. Um, and I think it's, um, again, that role of the navigator that hopefully you've got kind of like a, a multiple check system where you're, you're helping navigate these patients through these multiple findings that they have. No, that's great. So basically, you have a way to kind of get to someone relatively quickly, because you can imagine the amount of fear, the amount of emotional um, uh, distress somebody might have um, when they get these reports that are generated uh, out of these out of these systems. It's important. I think it's great that you've created access. Um, now, on the same token, though, um, I've seen many of these patients as well. And I sometimes find that, you know, what they come all here scared, fearful, that nodule is really not a whole lot of concern for them. In fact, I'm more worried about other issues that they might be having. They not realize that they might have COPD, but there was a lot of emphysema on their CT scan. By the way, there's other sort of aspects of their health. And I don't know, Justine, if you want to talk a little bit about how you kind of manage some of your practice that way, because the nodule is here, but there's a whole lot of other things. And you start to sort of create this um, uh, really catchment of a broad range of patients this way. So the way we we try to deal with it is not to look at it like a problem, but like an opportunity. So um, if if there is some some other finding detected um, at our institution, we have a diagnostic clinic where um, any finding that is new and needs more urgent attention can be immediately referred, and they can sometimes even see the patient the same day or the next day. Regardless if it's a more chronic finding like COPD and um, uh, say a thyroid nodule or some other other sort of uh, such finding that needs addressed but can can be in a routine way, um, we prepare on our end to counsel patients on the first call with the help of a navigator as much as possible about the kind of finding that they have and to give them a plan already when they are called. Like, okay, this is your finding and this is the next step towards this. I think a lot of the anxiety uh, from the patients is on the side of what to do next. So having a plan set, like a pathway set in the workflow according to each system and the local services available is key. And on the same ground, since we started our incidental program, we we started with one workflow. And I think in our initial three months, we had to revise the workflow six or seven times because we learned so much that actually what we thought would happen may be very different than what is actually happening. Um, we learned things like uh, patients, when they are actually first um, getting to know about the findings accidentally, they are they have another concern going on. Maybe they've just had a heart attack. Maybe they've just had a car accident. So a lot of times they're like not very interested in hearing about the nodule, but more wanting to wait and wanting us to call back maybe in a, in a week or two when they're better. So we've started having like a more delayed follow-up at least, you know, so that we can get them into the system because there may be more urgent issues. Um, local uh, workflows are very important. Uh, what are the referral systems available? Do we have access to a clinic like Cole said? Um, how often is that clinic? What is the timeline we can offer? So when we started, we were offering, we can see you within a week. But a lot of times patients, um, especially at a tertiary center, if you're not in a satellite clinic, uh, may need a longer time. Uh, to to try to schedule that kind of visit, but this may not be the case if uh, if uh, this uh, this kind of program is being implemented in several satellite clinics. 
then you can capture the patients early on. So a lot of local factors make, make that difference. And to work a lot with your navigator, as well as your local system on the workflows is extremely important ahead of time. No, I think that's, those are some great points. I'm stealing that idea as, a, as an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Of, yes. Right? And I think it's fantastic. So um, I'm going to sort of summarize our, what we've talked about so far. So it's Lisa, Lisa started us out with an important point. It was that these lung, incidental lung nodule programs are complicated, but they're growing. We're going to see more of them as we start to see more advanced imaging. We start to see more regular imaging on a, on a routine basis for a whole variety of reasons. To manage all that, though, is a whole lot of work and complexities. It requires a understanding of the data coming in and making sense of it through some kind of natural language processing, through some type of artificial intelligence, through some ways to sort of extract the right patients, to categorize them as in terms of risk profile, ideally, and then to make sure on a human end that the patient and has a someone on the back end that they can go to, some manage their expectations a little bit, nuance them, bend depending on the local resources, depending on the pathways that are available, and start to really test those and refine those as we learn more about these patients. Um, and yes, yes, we're going to potentially learn a lot about you know some of the challenges individual patients might have, but those are also opportunities to engage with them in other aspects of the healthcare of their healthcare of their health overall. Is that about right? Yeah. Did I miss important points here? Any any of you? Anything else Just you want to add? add a little bit about, you know, I think we talk a lot about the importance of a navigator or a structured system. And I think some people can see that as a barrier to starting a program, which it, um, you know, yes and no. I think there, there's actually um, a business case that can quite easily be made for a navigator. And so um, in pulling in a lot of these incidental findings, in getting that patient through the health system um, and quickly navigating this, there's also um, upfronts improvement in care in terms of getting them access to the services that they need, getting the patient into the system. And so that navigator, even though there's a cost upfront for that person, um, will actually pay dividends in the end to the system. And so there's a lot out there and there are resources for people in, um, uh, just about the business case and building that argument into starting a program, which is an um, important part. And there are resources available for you as you launch into this. That's a great, yeah. that's a great point, Coral. Thanks for sharing that. Like the idea that don't be intimidated by the idea that, you know, maybe mature programs that might have more advanced resources that you can start this on a, on a very local level at a very, at a, at a, in your own practice, however the case might be. And as long as there's someone kind of helping to navigate that patient's uh, needs at the time that they are and, and in a time dependent manner, you, you can, you have a lot of op options here to really help people. Is that pretty accurate? Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, that was a thanks for that was a very enlightening episode of our of our incidental lung nodule program. We kind of covered some of the highlights. I know we can talk about forever about some of these nuances and uh, all the aspects of it. But um, on behalf of Consultant Three Hundred and Sixty, I want to thank our guest today for uh, rec recording this episode, and um, hope you join us for the third part, uh, the third part of our series. Thank you. Thank all. you. Thanks, everyone.